starter so to speak and it's a little bit yes. of the story so when it lands you know we'll get into it and it all starts with my girlfriend and last year she was uh doing the dishes this one time and she had her phone out and she was playing that black eyed piece on the i got a feeling Ooh. she's vibing mm -hmm. she's dancing she's doing her thing i'm watching her go and i sit there and i wonder to myself when in the fuck did this song become chores music right because, like, if you think about this track and we run it back another 10 years, this is, like, that middle of the night. Everybody faded, like, the song that got everybody up and dancing around in that circle and shit that people would do back in the day. Yeah. Run it 10 years in the future. It's a song, so it doesn't really change much. But as people, we evolve and our lives get older. And now that's that shit you put on when you're doing the exercises or you're doing the borings at work and some shit to bring your place back. Bring your brain back to like the linear vibes of your past or whatnot. Which I was yeah. like, that's kind of big. And I thought about all them 20-year-olds and how they have no idea that this is the future soundtrack of their chores and all these other activities. <laughs> and that they have no idea that when I hear their music... I start washing dishes to that shit because that's just the circle <laughs> of life and the way that it goes. And with that, that's I, th true. I was thinking about musical journeys because we all do this music thing and it's all a journey and it goes different places. And when you watch most interviews and you hear most people talk about it, they always kind of bring it to like this adolescent-ish era or you're nine, you start playing drums, this place where like it kind of picks up or it gets more significant but really that's not like the start of the story for anybody's musical journey because the truth is if we run that shit back to saint justine there was some song being played when you popped out and whatnot you might not know what it is but that was happening and you were already absorbing some sound waves and whatnot and i bring that up because yeah. like our early days are so formative and like i can remember being like five in co saint luke's that's what's up um and i was like super young there my dad had all these gray boxes in the room there was the amp there was the fucking radio tape deck there was the radio there was the mm. wires going to all the different mm. freaking speakers in the corners and everything and he'd be busting his led zeppelin tapes and stuff of that nature <laughs> in the daytime at night though was mc mario's club mix busting through in a whole different vibe my mom she's more on the musicals and the discos and the star 92.9 and all that kind of stuff and all of this created this different medley of vibes and at different times of years different things would pop through and honestly it stuck mm. with me like to this day i will never forget gillette short dick man like that shit's inbred in me to the day i fucking die <laughs> um all that to yeah. say all these years before i had any control over any of the sounds of my life i was given a good decade of other people's stuff to listen to so i was hoping mm. mr shashu you could run us back to the youngest shashu that you could remember being and tell us a little bit about what it sounded like to be you before you had any control before you really got into it so to speak yeah so <clears throat> so yeah i'd say like so i guess we could start with like how if I wanted to listen to music, how, like, what was I listening to? And, or like, what were your parents to, like, were bumping, like, the stuff that was around you, like, just the vibes and sounds that you yeah. experienced. So, so my dad, um, also played uh, an instrument, he played the classical guitar and, um, he would play a lot of records at home. So, it would be a lot of Haitian music because both my parents are Haitian and, uh, I'm Haitian. <laughs> and <laughs> and um <laughs> so yeah my dad would play a lot of records he would also play records from like guadeloupe and all the other areas uh, cuban music uh, a lot of spanish music also so salsa 
um, a lot of salsa and um, also classical music like Chopin and Beethoven and, and all of them, but all from like records. So um, like vinyl? He, we used to have like the big furniture with the, you know, with the built-in TV. One side is like the, t the, the radio receiver or whatnot. Right. And the other side is like the turn turntable. Right. Um, yeah, we, we used to have that. So that's how we used to play. And um, yeah, my dad was already playing guitar when uh, after everyone. So I'm pretty sure he was playing guitar also while I was still in, in, in my mom's uh, belly. So, and my mom um, was into um like sewing and making her own dresses and patterns and also like painting so i think it's all a mix of that <laughs> all together um and my uh while my dad was working uh well actually my dad was into like music a lot but he was working in computers so at a very young age i had access to a computer at a very very young age yeah so i was all uh, all up in dos going playing games and stuff like that like all sorts of like old old school games like bushido and like prince of persia but like before like the one where you <laughs> I didn't even have like to like get i don't know i played one where you had to get yeah the booklet and it would be like go check out this letter or drink the potion and if you get it wrong you die yeah yeah exactly exactly uh same thing with like the indiana jones uh so i had access to that i had access to music and and like at a very young age like so i think being exposed to like creativity in different ways maybe visual or sonics is very interesting at a young age you know so i think that starts like that for me <laughs> and then moving on towards hip-hop well it was like my older cousins who, when I was like six or seven, like I'm born in 83. So okay. when I was like six or seven, my older uh, cousins, they were like in, uh, they were heading in like junior high and whatnot. And uh, uh, at that time it was in the NDG. I forgot which school. It's like the school by Randall. And um, I forgot, it's like a high school. But Wager? I didn't go there, but they went there. Anyway, but I'm about going to rap. It's like the one that has like the, um, like the, the schoolyard is like, it's basically the like the park. So like, you know, when you take the, um, the bus and you're about to hit Randall, there's like a huge park. There's one side of the park, there's where there's the pool. And the other side is like a big track and field, and then it's the school. And the other side of the school is called Saint Luc, the street. Oh shit, uh, Saint Luc, that's the name of the school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Saint Luc. Yeah. So like, I remember I used to play in the in the in the um, on that space. Like they would like bike ride or whatever. I would go with my two cousins, and and they 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 were my source for for hip hop. First time I saw Breaking is because they brought in the the tape. VHS uh, on my aunts and we would watch that or I would listen to their tapes, dubs that they would make. Um, they were all into the, you know, they were basketball players and <laughs> they're, 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 they've coached, today they've coached for Dawson and, and Guy Concordia. Uh, but like, yeah, hip hop was very much part of their environment and, and, and the music a lot. So for me, that was how I got access to it. And um, so I would like dub my own tapes and like 
and then keep those and I've kept those tapes throughout like my uh, uh, genre au primaire jusqu'à secondaire 1 it was all music that my cousins had like I never had like a, a, an aunt or my parents give me cash to buy my own tapes so yeah so you basically were forced into <laughs> making mixes out of circumstance yeah <laughs> in a way <laughs> When you think about it this way, I didn't. I never thought of it. like just. I was just dubbing what 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 I liked, you know. But uh, yeah, that's wild. You should do a stream one day where it's like twelve year old Shashu's mixes. Yeah, totally. And, and I think I still have one of those tapes. It's like, uh, I mean, they they lift they listen to East Coast hip hop as much as West Coast. So I was really exposed to like from Ice Cube to Snoop to like uh, Public Enemy to like Karis One. Um, Onyx, like at a young age, I like listening to it, but not understanding, but repeating the lyrics is pretty far out. And then you said you got into drums as well in via school. Yeah. And then how mm -hmm. how does that like work? Uh, like you get involved in the band, or is it because of like a program? Or yeah, I mean, like it was the, at the school uh, they had we had music class, and also starting. Um, uh, like starting a quatrième année, fourth year, uh, you could join the school band, and all my friends were went to like play trumpet, and like <laughs> nobody wanted to play drums or something. So yeah, I just figured oh, I feel like trying this drum thing, and like the guy who um, played drum, who was older than me at that time, who was in the, in the fifth grade was actually like uh, uh, somebody from the extended family. Like we had like similar friends or whatnot in the family. So end up being a cool journey. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically you have access to computers. You're already dubbing your own stuff and you're learning a lot more about music because you're a drummer and you're getting trained on how all of that works. <laughs> and all that's yeah. like kind of like by like 10-ish. Like, yeah, 10, 11, 12, but I never, like, they would, they, they, you know, we had soft, I didn't have access to softwares back then, but um, I know that there's stuff that, were, that existed that were available, like Amiga or other, like, trackers and stuff like that, but I wasn't into that. I was more into, like, video games and and fiddling around on, on stuff in, in the computer. Um and then like playing a lot of drums and listening to hip hop tapes and drawing a lot. Yeah, drawing a, a, a shitload of stuff, like superheroes and stuff like that. That was- Yeah, when did you get into drawing? Still, still. Um, I think I asked my mom that question and she told me like, I was three when I started doing like uh, shapes. <laughs> Uh, I was already like doing like perspectives and stuff like that. I was three years old, as she told me. And um, holy shit, that's like the thing that really uh, my parents thought that I'd have like uh, an aptitude for. Like, you really wanted me to be an architect. <laughs> that's the classic uh, Haitian. Uh, Where we are to see the cine? Oh, we on was to devenir architect. Because I guess like graphic design and all that stuff wasn't like feasible. Like it wasn't an industry really yet. It was still 
premature, but now today it's completely changed. Say a word. I guess that's true, eh? Like back in the day, the architect would be like what the graphic designer of today would have been aspiring to be back in the day. Yeah, of course. Of course. Especially if you're coming from like immigrant parenting and, and all. Yeah, that's like to strive for the top, top type of thing. Oh, you, you, you hold a pencil and you could fill, <laughs> you could draw lines. Well, <laughs> <laughs> draw on these lines um yeah but uh yeah it's funny how like technology just really opened up a lot of <laughs> avenues for a lot of different things but um yeah it's cool that it did open up for like arts and and music and all the creatives you know, the creative uh uh outlets i guess yeah I mean, I just think that given like how much technology's got to be tied into your life now, that fiddling around with an MS DOS environment must have you being a lot more willing to jump onto some new shit than somebody that's jumping on a new shit now for the first time. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of value yeah. in like the practice of it, even though DOS is kind of irrelevant now, which is weird, but it's uh still the experience points at that point like i look at life a little bit like an rpg where you just kind of clock points yeah. and it doesn't necessarily matter when you do it you could like gain like 80 percent of your skills in something when you're like 12 forget about it come back to it and i've already done so much groundwork that you don't you're not starting at zero so it's like interesting mm -hmm. to me to see the different things people are up to and how they kind of tie into who they become and like, yeah so I guess as you like move into high school, do you have like any more ambitions of creating music at this point since you've been like exposed to band and whatnot? Mm -hmm. So in high school, it was more drawing because then I didn't have access to to a school, but they didn't have any like like they didn't they had <clears throat> drums, but it came in a little bit later on that I had access and very very rarely I would be able to to like play. But um, so I was really more into drawing, like drawing a whole lot more. Um, I had friends who, who wanted to do comics with me and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah, we could do comics. You draw the characters and then and then. But, you know, those usually like <laughs> they don't those plans don't re usually realize all the time. But it still shows that people actually believed in in this in the talent that i had or in the skill that i had to want them be creative in something that they felt that that can inspire others you know so it's a cool th feeling and it's something that i feel like i wanted to continue and go through that because you know you you go through the phase of you try you know you try track and field you try basketball you try soccer and it's fun but it's not it's not for everybody, everything, you know? So there's certain things that I gravitated around and I stuck with and drawing was something that I stuck with a lot. I still listen to a lot of music. I fiddled more with like DJing programs and stuff like that, like discovering what uh, sequencing was and stuff, things like that. Um, and then it was more in when I was 17, uh, like sec five or five that um i really got into like a software that you can actually like make create your own sequence like even more um at first it was called hammerhead that's the name of it it was super old and um i think it's still available somewhere on the net and like obsolete or archive or something and um and then i jump into uh, fl studio 
like FL Studio 3, I think. And now they're at FL 20. <laughs> it's completely, completely different. But yeah. Um, yeah, then I got into that. And back then I was just compiling sounds together. It kind of sounded like video game music. But uh, yeah, it all started there pretty much. 17, yeah. So I guess you're 17 and you start fiddling around with the beat making and, and how to DJ and just how to like get it all together. And then how do you go from like the fiddling phase into like moving it into something more tangible? I guess it's by practicing doing it and then playing it to like friends and, and stuff like that. See how they move. And usually the, uh, the response is usually was a good response. So it made me believe in even more in, in what I was doing. And also like, uh, it kind of gave me, um, yeah, I was, I was able to gauge just by sharing, telling people like, yo, listen to this and stuff like that. And also, um, with uh, the power of the internet and uh, forums being more of a thing. Uh, I was on SoundClick a lot also, so I would meet different uh, producers and beat makers from all around. And uh, we were either do beat battles in the forums or just like- Say word. Even sometimes collab or yeah, on SoundClick. And that this was like before, uh, this. Yeah, that was kind of before MySpace, I feel, or pretty much at the same time. Um, there was another platform before, too, that kind of did that. But um, a lot of us, were we were on SoundClick. Upload, like, basically, we can upload our beats, and people can listen to them and contact us directly. And the website has, like, a whole forum section and stuff like that with different sections. So, yeah, I was always in a beat battle, and... I was doing rounds. <laughs> That's so, wild to yeah, think that in like, because I know Rico Blocks was telling me about how he did like the battle rap version of that on SoundClick and how he would be mm -hmm. able to like link up with beat makers and upload his shitty recorded mixes back then because you know you did what you could. And I know he was saying it was like 2002, 2003 ish that this was happening for him. And mm -hmm. it's like wild to like just think about how. Even before like conventional social media, or even before a lot of people even had computers, there was a, or at least knowledge of how to, you know, play on the internet. There was just all these skills getting sharpened and developed in like hidden. And I would argue that like sound clicks kind of hidden unless you knew what the fuck it was back in the day, just by the virtue yeah. of how the internet was. But the yeah. fact, just the fact that like all of y'all were doing this. And it feels like you were doing, like, was it, like, frequent? Like, was it constantly beat battles? Or was it, like, how is it structured? Um, it was frequent. I think there was one every week or something or every two weeks. And there's basically, it wasn't just one major one, but you, you, would, have, you, you would have the farm section for battles. And then inside, you would have, like, different things. Either people looking to battle either this one t this type of battle and it's like it has like a whole bracket system and th usually that one would be pinned you know and um yeah so you could just go through the list of like people and you know instead of people talking about different video games <laughs> it's like just like different people want to battle basically so um 
online too so like you can really meet all sorts of people and different backgrounds and completely different uh ideologies <laughs> and you know some people use this uh, other people use that and creates different conversations and that's cool you know that's wild that's cool that you like were basically on social media since before social media was cool yeah 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 because I think I really liked the idea of the internet, of just being able to like go to place, places and visually, I don't know, just like just go on web, basically, you know, you're just going on a website, but it's, the website is intended to to grasp to grasp your attention. So like if it's offering something that I'm interested into, then I'm really really interested in it because it's, you know, usually going to be presented in a specific way, you know. So I think I had a an appreciation for that, that somebody designed like a GeoCity website and put a whole bunch of GIFs of this and that and be like, yo, this is my website. I'm like, yo, that's that's cool, you know? That was so, a different time. <laughs> I was just thinking about totally. the MySpace sites that people ended up with. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you also yeah. on MySpace and, and all that? Um. Yeah, I mean, now I'm pretty sure it's dead. Unless, is it still, is it like archived somewhere? I, no. I think it's like in that weird limbo state where it's kind of still a thing in a sense, but nobody does anything on it except yeah. for the people that do. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Ismail, I miss MySpace so. too. I miss being able to land on a profile and motherfuckers' terrible taste in music is blasting in your face. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, or the, or the bright, like you, you realized how bad people were at color palettes and things back in the day. Like nobody was a good designer. It was just personality, Ella Max, and now everything's just like, nah. Facebook's like, fuck that. Y'all's pages look like shit. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> looks the same. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Now. Okay. Boom. Yeah. So, like, after that, how does it, like, migrate into, like, more of a real-life situation for you? I think... I think after, like, CJEP... When I, I, in CJEP, I was in, in, like, computer... Computer, uh, uh, like, learning, like, binary code and stuff like that. Though it's, like, that's where it all starts. It, it really wasn't something that interested me at that time. So, I was more... I was hanging a lot more with the music committee and the and people on the, from the radio uh, committee also, so I would like play drums and play with other um, musicians also. And this is like CJEP, so it's like two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand one. Which CJEP did you go to? To uh, Collège Rosemont. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, so like before that, I had gone to. Uh, Mont Saint Louis, I did Sec One Two, and then I did Le Tendre College Le Tendre Three Four Five. The fifth year, the school moved to to Laval, so my last year we had done it in Laval, which is interesting. Oh and shit! Then, we're, we're, um, and you had to go from a Hunstick to Laval every day. Yeah, I mean from yeah Hunstick, yeah exactly. So we, we, I'd go to. Metro uh, Henri Bourassa and then take a, a bus. Whenever I can get the Navid bus, I, I get that. Or I take a, just a regular bus and then go to in front of Montmorency, which is where Collège Le Tom is, in front of Montmorency. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and then after that, Collège uh, Rosemont, CJEP, and uh, yeah. Uh, so, so from you, that, um, you were vibing with yeah, the music so folks. Yeah, rocking with the music folks, uh, you know, skipping some classes and um, like, you know what, I, I just really feel like doing this music shit more. Um, so then, like, I just kind of found a regular job and just started doing music more, like making beats more and selling beats a little bit more too, here and there, but not a lot. And then I... Uh, then got into street dancing because I always was dancing in a club also with homies and stuff like that. Um, Hold on, how'd you get into dancing? Oh, right, you saw those break battles back in the day and then... Yeah, uh, it's it's more like the tapes, you know, and the, the records with like how to break dance uh, uh, posters and stuff like that, you know? Oh, and uh, that's word. what my... Yeah, that's what my cousins had back then. And... I think I guess, I guess those kind of left in my mind and put it in. Whenever there was like a moment of dancing, there was always a moment of like wanting to spin on the ground type of thing. So that kind of still kind of grew with me. And um, and uh, uh, so the, the, the interest of wanting to find a cypher or a dance or the dance or the concept of the dance floor is something that always stuck with me. Uh, growing up and especially uh, getting to an age where you start to uh, get into parties and stuff like that um, is definitely something that uh, stuck with me a lot so often whenever I would go out well like when I you know first got 18 go out with my homies and just find the best clubs or the best spots where we can just have a you know a jam and cypher and stuff like that because we were really into that and um I guess when I hit CJEP, I kind of met more people who were in the, into that too, but more in the, the technique aspect of it. So, like, learning about certain styles and learning about certain, uh, uh, you know, maybe popping or locking and then emphasizing on, on also the, the music that they would use or they would be associated to that type of style of dance. It was more in CJEP that I was... Um, presented with that idea of like, oh, okay, so poppers would dance on this type of funk music or this type of electronic music or lockers would dance on this type or I already knew that hip-hop would dance on, on this and that, but I would know about breaking and b-boying. I was already presented to that, but um, I didn't know that they had other styles and other styles had their whole background and everything, so um, 2001, two, uh, I had a friend who we were both going to the same CJEP and at, during like a CJEP party, um, we're just dancing or whatever. <laughs> and then, um, and then she came to see us. She was like, yo, you guys should come to urban element. This is school where I go. And, uh, like that's, you know, there's people go there and whatnot. So I go and, um, I realized that it's a cultural hub. Like a lot of people go to that, to that dance center. So I ended up making new friends and uh, people that I call like really like close, close friends still to, to this day. And um, 
Yeah. So once I got into urban, that's when I got in tuned with locking the dance style of the wrist roll and the lock. If you check out the group called the lockers, there's a whole bunch of information you can find out on that. And um, honestly, I was yeah, just my like, teacher was... I'm a couple of years younger than you. So I just really remember that phase. And then when, yeah, so I, I remember it like pretty vividly. <laughs> But yeah, the points, the miss rolls, the skips. It was huge um, on YouTube when it like started. Yeah, like you check out videos like from uh, Still Tooth videos or like even Mr. Wiggles, though he's a popper, he he sometimes would like he knows how to lock, you know, and you, we would catch early footage of him locking. And yo, I download that stuff stuff off like Napster and Ares. <laughs> like you get as much footage as possible. That's another thing. Like I the computer side of me really got into the the sharing uh uh whole like world of like the peer-to-peer -peer sharing. So I was really into like the Nutella networks and all that stuff, looking for sound packs and looking for a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, and, uh, also like dance footage, like I was really into dance footage, martial arts and like extreme kicks and stuff like that. <laughs> I would like trying to find footage of that a lot. And, um, I don't know. It just it stuck with me. Yeah. A lot of shit, a lot of stuff. <laughs> ah, super dope, man. Like this is, this is why we do the interview, man. Cause this is the kind of shit where like most people actually care about it that's what i came to realize is people really like hearing about their like you know journey you went on your interests like fact that you were passionate about extreme kick videos you know somebody out there is like bro i'm fucking with you somebody out there for sure <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. that shit. <clears throat> yeah so it's dope yeah. to hear totally i mean it's i don't know it's like yeah uh, comics, superheroes, drawing, computers, video games, martial arts, ninjas, <laughs> all that, um, all mixed together with music. Yeah, that's that's like a clear Shashu world right there. <laughs> Were you Shashu the whole yeah. time? Actually, yeah, because um, my real name is Richard, and my parents would call me Shashu ever since I was a young kid it's just the way that it's written is different uh if you write it in french it would be c-h-a-c-h-o-u but i just flipped it in a way so it makes sense for like english and french usually it makes sense some people get it the first time <laughs> no fair enough oh, that's cool <laughs> so you just kind of always yeah. been shashu and yeah yeah shashu shashu. Oh. <laughs> <I'm not there. laughs> you know no i hear you i'm uh yeah i'm gonna try and remember how to pronounce that shashu. <laughs> shashu shashu yeah like shashu is is very common that if you meet someone who's named richard or something in that in, to that effect and they're haitian very much their their nickname is shashu <laughs> so you got the lock on yeah. a common name yeah 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 um yeah, it's just it's just fun, fun that, that way. 
I got to change the, the 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 logo the way it looks like only twice, so that's not bad. That's <laughs> nah, pretty dope. Uh, this, the, the 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 look now is uh, my homie Michael Shantz who uh, who made the visual, who made the the original logo, and then I used that as an asset to create these visuals. He also did the Joe Ride logo, which we see in the back. Joe Ride is like um, a record label here in Montreal, and uh, I wanted him to like yo do 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 the do like a. Uh, uh, like a sketch of the um, the AE86 from Initial D, the cartoon. Right. So that's like the that's the whip right here, and it's part of the the label's uh, logo, which is super cool. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do that. And, and 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 the director was like, yeah, we're we're gonna keep it. We were gonna call ourselves DeLorean, but then, you know, nobody relates to a DeLorean today. You know, not everybody. Not everybody understands that. If you take the random 20-year-old kid, DeLorean, maybe because he was, like, exposed to Back to the Future or something to that effect. Yeah. But Joyride? Yeah, Joyriding is still, like, it's actually an action, so it makes a lot more sense. I'm giving you, like, details, like, inside details, but that's really what happened. No, so, super um, cool. Yeah, super fun. Oh! Look at this. I got this open. Well, that's for later. Um, yeah. is dope. <laughs> He's got the OBS ready to go. Ain't nobody coming out with the OBS ready to go like that. Switching Yo, scenes I can't on prepare. us. Flexing. Ooh, that was nice. Clocked up. I don't even know it. Are, you, are you part of Joyride Records? Because I'm not even sure what that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm part, I'm part of them... Uh, basically, Jaro Records is like um, the uh, the new era entity of uh, Silence Dahl, which was the original label uh, on which I was signed on in 2010. And um, yeah, we've gone through different, uh, uh, how can I say, we've done different projects and stuff like that and now with Joe Wright is kind of like a, a new season if you want so on the roster we have Rhymes we have 20 some we have a um, actually 20 some just released his album Home Run uh, we have Conesa Tsikazu also he's with us who just won his uh, to say. Uh, award yeah he won the award for best uh, rap album uh, at Ladzisk and um, also we have Empus also from uh, originally like from the Mazayan group. Yo, hold on. I just and, gotta like um, stop. For those yo. of you that are watching this that are not from Montreal or Quebec who don't know about the Cape rap scene, these are like giant names he's flexing on us right now. <laughs> giant <laughs> names, but you might yeah, not have heard true. of them if you don't live from here, but you should because it's dope. Yeah yeah so yeah like i mean i'm happy things progressed so fast in the last five years for joyride like initially so these start, guys are on the buses okay like you'll be standing yeah. there on the bus and people that he's name dropping here are like <laughs> flying past you yeah yeah and um and uh so yeah so we have yeah 20 some kind of uh, rhymes myself karma chica 
um, David Lee, Jordy, Lava, Loud, uh, who else? Um, also, like we've working, we've been like working in times with other artists. Also, uh, there's Saint Sanquetals. We've been working a lot with. Uh, there's White Bee. Also, been working with, and uh, a few of the guys from Canicule Records. Also, they've uh, worked in, in uh, with Joride in a few uh, past years. And um, but they're, some of they're not like some are not signed signed, but others like yeah, like it's, they're part of the Joride. Sometimes it's just a collaboration between like uh, like a crew that's already have their vibe or if they already have their their thing going on, then you know collaborations definitely would work. You know, maybe in the in the booking aspect of things, you know, booking or a um, you know uh, project shit, releases. Booking you know? and shit and unlock people. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like it's it's a it's a lot of work. It's, uh, I mean, me, I do it more. Like I have more of my involvement with with Joride is, um, is uh, as much like myself being the artist and releasing my own music or own project. Also, offer support for other artists. So, like, I've been doing shows a lot with Rhymes. He's another uh, French. Uh, Quebecois rapper and uh his shit his shit is going super well and um also like just creative input on certain things sometimes you know uh but usually artists the artists that we have in our roster usually have like most of the freedom for whatever they want to do um if it makes sense for the label like for any other label if it makes sense then totally like there there is a whole uh uh like collaborative uh collaborative uh so can i can i ask you like a, like a question right if you want because like yeah. look, i'm on the english side we're not like i don't i'm pretty ignorant to the french scene. i'm gonna be real I, I got so distracted with the english side that i haven't put the diligence in yet i'm going to rectify that because you know the scene's popping right now <laughs> it's like it'd be hmm. really stupid yeah. to not pay more attention to it but um in a lot of the cases, the people I speak to are mostly underground, unsigned people. There's not often that I really get the opportunity to talk to people who, like, actually go through what the label brings to a table. So, mm -hmm. I guess my question is, what does a label bring to a table in 2021 for an artist? Like, what is the real benefit to, like, linking up with that? Mm -hmm. So, now, labels can offer different types of, like, help or aid or services for an artist. Um, there's different type of like, yeah, there's different ways of supporting the artist. So some, some labels are doing like the whole 360 thing where they're taking care of everything that the artist has, as soon as it's the, there's the artist's name, they have control over everything type of thing. There's some that just do booking. There's some that just do licensing for the projects for like when you're releasing an EP or an album. And there's some that just do management also. So they manage uh, and they, they reach out to other uh, third parties to, for booking and, and, and all that stuff. So it's really a mix of different ways of getting ourselves by. Uh, what's the core important thing I'd say is just like uh, making your music available and also making your um, having a place where we can get to know what you're, you're doing or what you're offering or whatever. 
So once you have that, that's when labels will be able to have something that's turn, ten, tangible that they can see or be like, they can be able to, to see if it fits or with um, their agenda. You know, if, if they're looking, and a label's gonna be looking for an artist that, that can get them to do things that they've never done before. And sometimes those things don't necessarily mean uh, uh, selling out a, a, a bell center. It's, it's not directly just about that. It's more about having the proper progression and the proper uh, achieving the proper steps or achieving the proper knowledge to get to what we want to do. So sometimes it's not it's not directly that one gig or that one thing. Is all these a combination of all these many things that help helps an artist or a label to be able to achieve what they're looking for. So like it goes hand to hand, like the label needs the artist, the artist doesn't necessarily need the label, but the label is there to, to help if the artist has something that's nice that once two, the both, both forces are joined together, then the label is able to reach out and get more opportunities, more resources or more exposure <laughs> for for the artists you know and also like help them you know work through certain things because it's not every artist who's good with paperwork let's say you know it's not every artist who 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 all there's you know all overall I mean, some are really really more focused on the creative aspect of things so it's good to have somebody who can help out or it could just be a project manager it could just be your homie or your home home girl who who is down to do the back and forth with you about this idea, but who's able to synthesize it and organize it in a way so that it could be understood in the language of like the common office people, you know? So that that could be a trick too. Yeah, that's super interesting. I don't know, I kinda like went yeah, I kinda went through like a different uh <laughs> I things, mean but uh, yeah. Those are cool answers, though, because it's engaging, and I mean, it does. Mm. You you have a context that a lot of people don't have. If you spent more than ten years dealing with labels, then you're happy with that. That's not the common narrative of fuck a label. That makes it to me mm. personally more interesting than what you would think, because a lot of those artist services require knowing people, and a mm. lot of like the preliminary like you you can do this shit like you can become a booking agent and you can go and reach out to every fucking venue in the world and you can find every promoter and then you're going to spend the next six months building relationships and then by the time you're getting the dividends it's going to take time like there's no way mm -hmm. that you're doing that without putting in a serious amount of man hours so i'm like mm -hmm. looking at certain situations where i'm like man the common narrative is kind of trash because like it doesn't actually match the reality of how much work goes into it like homeboy i know he gets gigs he also puts like 35 hours a week into booking himself i'm like 35 mm -hmm. fucking hours a week just to get paying gigs i'm like that's a job i mean yes it's a mm -hmm. job but like i'm like say a word to get to that point where you even know how to do it in 35 hours means that you went through many weeks at like 60 hours, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. exactly. So it's cool to like exactly. see it. And that's just, just getting booked. Then there's everything else. Like, I don't even know how to get shit on TV. Motherfuckers be getting shit on TV. That's a whole other world <laughs> where I'm sure it involves contacting a bunch of people and figuring shit out where it's like, yeah, no, I think the label services can be fascinating. 
Yeah, ex exactly. And so it's, it's all about being able to be, um, to be present for, for any type of event. So like if you're a DJ, then you want to be able, and your point, if let's say you're a DJ, but you, you'd like to do Eagle Fest one day. You want to you wanna be able to do Igloo Fest or you want to be able to do like Sonic or any those type of festivals. Then you have to put yourself out there. You have to find ways to put your content, um, be there available to, to the masses or be there in the hubs so that people can associate what you do with a, with a period in time, with something that, you know, May it be a party or a birthday party that's happening at the same time, or it could be anything. It, could, it doesn't have to be weekly, you know, it could just be any event that you want to organize or you want to participate. If you have friends who are doing events and you like to do, you like to have your own event too, uh, there's no, there's no problem with wanting to collaborate, to learn, not to copy and and do the same thing because i don't think that's really helping the game um <laughs> <laughs> but more but more like in complimenting you know what's there already if you feel like there's there's so many things to learn and and like and in, in the different like just the art of djing or producing you know um there's so many levels of learning it and be able to exercise the the same skill you know um but it's it starts with it's it really yeah it just really starts with wanting to 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 put ourselves out there um if you have if you, your friend is doing a barbecue why not tell him hey yo i would you be down if i dj'd for your barbecue like it happens sometimes somebody's doing this thing but they never thought of they just figured they're just gonna play music but Say you've been That's working on your like skills, you've been practicing. Knowledge nugget right there. Yeah, yeah. Because instead of waiting for for somebody to be like, "Yo, um, I want to get a DJ for this barbecue," uh, but I have no idea who to ask, that rarely happens. But if you're like, "Hey, yo, so this barbecue that you're doing, I I just thought it, I've been practicing. I figure why not? I'd be I'd be down to try, you know." And it's just. The people are going to be there. They're, they're, they're going to watch and hear. And more you get that, more it opens opportunities to like, hey, I saw you play at that barbecue of my niece, her birthday, na 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 That's usually how things happen. Early on, when I first started DJing, I first started DJing because I liked DJing, point blank. It wasn't even about like DJing for clubs or DJing for like rappers. It was, it was more like beat making, street dancing, and then I... Uh, and then I got into DJing, like practically almost at the same time as like street dancing, you know. Um, and it, my peers are like Professor Groove, DJ Static, uh, DJ Devious, uh, Frank Boulevard. Uh, these are the the DJs I would watch play, and they would play for events like uh, Groove's um, uh, Gra uh, Gravity Rock. And um, that was at the Côte um uh, Community Center that they would do host these events, dance street dance events, and um, that's where I would first see DJs uh, do their thing. So, yeah, after that, the gigs I would get is like 
friends from work or stuff like that that were doing barbecues or doing a chilling and they were looking for DJs and I was like offering my help or I, I, you know that's how I first getting my word around and friends who knew somebody who had a bar who were looking for DJs and stuff like that that's it all starts by putting ourselves out there right yeah <laughs> Then I guess it just kind of like evolves from that point. And <clears throat> via referrals and stuff, you get linked up to other things. I mean, yeah. when did it start to pick up for you? It started picking up when, I guess it started picking up when I really got better at DJing also, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> at some point I got good where like people were like, yo, this is really good. Look, um, c'est bon. Là. So, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah and yeah so i remember i also dj'd for certain things at uh, while i was in cjep also and um while i was playing drums and stuff like that so that that kind of opened up different vibes um what else um spinning in clubs and stuff like like one of my my first residencies was uh Abrevoir, even before it was called Abrevoir, like, like they didn't even have their sign up yet, and it was two thousand eleven, I think, something like that, right? Something like that, and b before I was spinning here and there, like at Jello, R.I.P. Jello nightclub, and um, which is now like Madame Lee. I don't really know if Madame Lee is still there. Uh, I think there's going to be but, a lot of that now. I don't know if yeah. it's still open in the city. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I'm just reading the chat. I'm like, yes, you have to put yourself out there. 100. Um, Shout out, little Alice. Yeah, so like, um, Abrevoir. And what's interesting is that that gig, I had started, we were two DJs. Who started that that night on Saturday nights at Abrevoir? It was me and my homie Germs, Jeremy Carrière. And um, he was a DJ who was spinning for B Boy battles while I was spinning for the popping and hip hop. But we never actually like met, met. And uh, the, we eventually met at an event and then we quickly became friends. And then like he was telling me his. Uh, his half brother was like manager at this new bar. It, before it was called uh, Balouz. It was really the corner of uh, Ontario and Saint Denis. And then now it's like Abrevoir. And we started there on Saturdays. Germs was spinning on turntables. I was still I was still spinning on CDJs. And at that period, at that time, that's how like I kind of migrated into learning playing on records. Cause then, like, if you're like a dual DJ and like you want to use the same equipment, it's it's uh, a lot more simpler if we just like <laughs> all are able to use the equipment. So that's that's how I got into spinning records. Cause I started on CDJs first, and then I got into um, on the techniques and uh, playing on records and dealing with needles and bass <laughs> and stuff like that. And then. <clears throat> so you start doing these club gigs and I guess more and more opportunities open up for you. Um, yeah. What are some of like, the highlights for you? 
Um, the highlights and I think the highlights for Abouval, like I was there, we were there for four years. And the reason why we left is cause the, like the, the, like the, the police narrative of, uh, hip hop equals criminality was really like a, a dominant problem in, in the media and uh, in the streets of Montreal downtown. Like police would just come in the club and want to just kind of shut it down just because they're playing hip hop, you know, which is totally absurd and stupid. So what happened was Abouval was getting like pressure to have to change the theme of the night because the cops felt like, oh, I don't know. Apparently it's attracting the, the wrong people. We're talking about a freaking bar in the middle of like a uh, university in Egypt uh, land. And it's just kids drinking and having fun and just like maybe older people just chilling. But to really want to make a draw, a, a, like a straightforward line between like big drug lords and our nights where we're mixing like hip hop array and like and 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 Barbara Streisand uh duck sauce it doesn't make sense you know it it doesn't nah, make sense at like, all it was a real thing like a lot of places banned hip hop yeah. it was like 2013 14 around that era yeah exactly and like it was really big um i know they banned it yeah. outright in the west island for a while as well like it mm -hmm. was like I mean, it sounds absurd to say it like now because the whole world loves hip hop, but like it wasn't really that, you know, like, like they're we, still doing it now. They're canceling hip hop shows now. They're still doing it. These people are, are like legit. They're, you know, they're, they're I papers forgot about are legit. that like hip hop show in Laval or the festival that Yo, they shut they, down. They canceled everything. It's, it's, it's totally stupid. It's, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, they, it shouldn't happen. Like, it shouldn't happen. They shouldn't have the control of being able to do such a thing when there's no threat, you know? Like, it's a made-up threat. According to me, like, to me, it's a made-up threat. And it's totally, it's, 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 it's going against the grain of everything, you know? You're here to serve the people, and yet you're going against the grain of what the people want or what they're they're living you know see cav nah i yeah i totally appreciate what you're saying um and then mm. there's the right kinds of hip-hop and then this that and the next thing and then you know quebec gets real weird about it and i mean yeah like it's just it's unfortunate like i know i can go rap in a park and ain't nobody gonna say shit i know that because i went and rapped in the park with amp Nobody said shit because mm -hmm. I look like me and I rap about what I rap about and that's what it is. But mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. It's like a real yeah. thing that kind of happens here. It's 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 this whole thing of like it feels like it's um, it feels like it's uh, uh, two live crew like all over again, you know, <laughs> almost in a way. But um, 
C'est ça, c'est juste, juste whack. It's, it's like they, they want them to change their, like, they don't like it when they talk about guns, they don't like it when they talk about, the, oh, the way they talk about women or the way that they talk about this or that. But we've been repeating the same thing because it's part of the environment. It's just part of what they're living. It's, they're not saying, go do this, go do that. They're just saying, yo, I have this around me. This is what's happening around me. They're not encouraging people to, it's just that there's a lot of, it's the same, it's the same thing happening over and over again. Whatever, like an artist is doing this and that and kids are loving it or listening to it, they, they have to find ways to like knock shit down when it's not actually causing the trouble, you know, it's not causing the problem. It's just, it's just it's, reporting it's, it's, on it. Yeah. It's anyone. Bref. I could see yeah. how Quebec has an invested interest in not having a bunch of hip hop blowing up that exposes some of the more systemic racist issues that exist in Quebec. Exactly. 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 And it's like they're going they're they're and like, you know, they don't want to play hip hop on the radio. They're losing money. They're 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 losing opportunity to really make legit bucks. <laughs> Just by, you know, letting the people uh, yeah. speak. Somebody was telling me how one of the hottest things right now, even in like places like not one of the hottest, but like something that's like blowing up right now, even in places like New York, is like drill in France. Just because like people are kind of moving past the the language barrier and whatever's fire's fire kind of thing, and people kind of yeah. romanticizing. Because I was in New York City last week, and I had no idea how mm -hmm. cool French was in New York City. Like, people be dropping mm -hmm. random French words and sentences because it's fancy everywhere that's not here. And here it's, like, fucking mm -hmm. weird because, like, <clears throat> my whole life it's, like, it's, like, militant, whatever, whatever on the language issues. But then you realize the rest of the world be okay with French. And I'm like, oh, say where? Ballfuckers would probably just bump French hip-hop if, like, we all work together to get them to hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like... Sometimes those collaborations, though, they, they happen, like, you know, uh, on a remix level of things. Usually, I've, I've seen um, many instance, instances where, like, let's say, uh, Abuba would collab with, like, a Rick Ross or, something, you know, Lil Wayne with another, you know, stuff like that. And that's really interesting. But you're right with the styles. If it's a hot style, they'll just jump on it because it feels hot. It's a hot style. Like, like you say, for drill, drill is everywhere. But for me, drill, when I hear it, I hear, I also hear very similar vibes that, that attaches uh, drill to like rara music, which is a Haitian folkloric music, which has the same type of pattern and the same rhythms. So like I, I do my own version of like drill, but I would just... I would, I would like, j'irais puiser, like I would, I would, I would dive into the rara side and transform rara into like today's music, like today's sound. And, and it just gives me drill right away. <laughs> it's just, that's no wonder a lot of us vibe with it because it's, it, it really strikes a chord that goes into the, the sounds that we grew up on when we were kids or, or our people grew up Dude, on. that or, is like, you know? <clears throat> that is an amazing 
tidbit. I never would have thought yeah. of that. I'm actually going to go peep some of this after and just yeah. kind of get my vibe on a bit. If you look for Rara music, Rara, R-A-R-A, uh, -A. Um, when you think of like an, an example of a track that embodies like Rara uh, style and hip hop, you would have to li listen to Wyclef Jean's um, Thug Angel. Okay. Thug, Thug Angel is the best example of like you taking the rara vibe and transforming it into hip hop. And when you listen to that uh, thug, uh, thug, uh, thug's angel, the uh, thug angel today, you can really hear like, okay, I can definitely see how like drill can, can exist so much and resonate so many people at the same time, you know, because I hear it connecting to rara automatically. Like folkloric Caribbean music, automatically, That's so it reaches a lot of different people at the same time, you know. But not a lot of people will make that type of connection if they're, you know, not in tune with Rara music or if they're not. Nah, but it's you know. also like your DJ producer mind, right? You making all kinds of yeah. links that us average people ain't gonna be making. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. I got a question then. Given your role in the city and everything. One of the things that I think a lot of us wonder about is what is the sound of Montreal? And I guess like your answer would have more weight to me than most people's just given who you are and what you see. What would you argue mm. would be like the core sound of this city right now? You mean in terms of like... Like the hip hop sphere. What people... Like yeah. my perception or what I think people like what the mass is listen what's the the vibe of the mass the mass type of thing like what i think people are listening to and or the vibe of what they're listening to or what do i think is that what you're asking well both of those now because you made the question okay. cooler by giving me the choice <laughs> <laughs> um okay so what i think the the majority mass uh of hip-hop uh, listeners listen to like here in, in Montreal is a lot of the the French like Saint Saint White B, Enema, Lost, all all these cats, Soldier, like they listen to to them a lot. And these rappers can, how can I say? We can kind of put them side to side easier with a French rapper like french from france rapper so it just multiplies even more the the library of music that you know the playlist that they can listen to so but you won't have somebody who listens to let's say a la cla listen to like something that's really that street like street rap you know it's some some artists are really more into like rap hip-hop or just hip-hop hip-hop and others are more into street rap and but they don't really jump that much so rare you would have like people who like let's say people who listen to loud you would have some people who listen to loud or or larry but would they listen to like would they listen to a nate huston necessarily even if it's nate is english or whatnot you know not, not necessarily but it could happen so I think what's important is to be able to make those bridges, not just in the collaborations, but also, and 
the people who are taking care of the bookings and stuff like that, mixing up the lineup. You know, that Fuki did the, did a feature with Nate Husser. I think it's a great move. I think that it's was excellent. amazing because I would have never yeah. listened to that dude. But I've been bumping Nate Husser mm-hmm. for a minute now. So when I see Nate Husser does this, and then I'm like, wait, that's that's two languages. on That's fucking fire. And it's the poutine exactly. sauce, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poutine sauce. And, and um, yeah, I think there's a, a whole bunch of different styles. We do have like a we we do have like our our tribe called Quest and our De La Souls and our J Coles and our Jay Zs. We also have our 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 we have our Metro Boom and Travis Scott type of vibes on the French side. So when I think of like Roger, Jean Lou, R.I.P. Mike Shab, um, th- these are like the upcoming or not upcoming like people who've been doing it actually people who've been doing it for quite a while and their shit is like solid blowing up because they've they've always been consistent you know and um they have their vibe which is cool uh very much slimy a little bit slimier and the the bass are like and the, the 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 patterns are really like trippy trappy trippy which is cool and then you have loud Aegis, Larry, that's like, how can I say? I, I'm, I'm trying to find the right, uh, the right way to put this. It's funny because like, it reminds me of something that I told the, the homies. Like when we were on tour uh, in Europe, it was Loud, Rhymes, myself. And um, Rhymes is more of like, he's like more of a rebel poet but he raps on heavy beats like his his lyrical poesie is like very like research words and um and but he talks about all different things and his style is very like you can you can he's like his style is vraiment genre le poète rebelle that's how i call him and loud is more of like the the rap athlete the guy is always like in his like sport sporty vibe but when he raps, he's like, the, the way he ca- carries himself, he carries himself like an athlete, like a basketball player who's always focused for the game type of thing. So it gives like a different aspect of how people actually create and do their music or do their art, you know? It's just the way that they carry themselves. And it's cool to like be in a circle of different artists, but they actually complement each other. It's not an artist who's trying to be the other mm-hmm. or the other trying to be the other or one stepping on the other's toes because they, they just, they, you know, being in the same vibe or being sharing the same stage doesn't mean that you have to be exactly the same or that you have to, you know? There's ways of, like, making shit happen and everybody can have a good time. You know, that ticket is, is purchased and every, everybody's good with it. Doesn't it just have to be the homies? Collaborations can happen and, and they can make sense, you know? It's just about re- reaching out also. It's not easy to reach out. Sometimes it, it some people find it hard. Um, I, I, you know but, what I think it is? Like, and this is just coming from my perspective of trying. Half the reason I'm doing this interview show is because I don't know who the fuck to talk to about anything. And trying to find <laughs> out who to reach out to. I mean, now I can sit here and say I have a pretty solid idea of what I'm going to do next year to get my name out. But it took me mm. like an, a year of just asking 
I don't know, 150 people, how they did whatever the fuck they did, and I had to, like, piece it together. And this isn't the type of shit you can easily Google. This is, like, meticulously complicated, like, to figure out who the players in your scene are. And, like, there's a lot of misplays. Like, I didn't go to enough shows. Unless, you know, like, there's a lot of things I didn't realize. So, like, now I'm like, okay, gotta make sure I'm hitting some shit every week or two, you know? doing things like mm-hmm. that because it's really important and i don't think a lot mm-hmm. of us learn those lessons so it's you just feel frustrated and like what's the point and then yeah like i, I mean i'm ashamed to admit it but i never even thought about press kits until this year you know like mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. different pieces of the puzzle where i know a lot of people who we really haven't done a lot of this groundwork because whatever we never figured it out we didn't google it we didn't take the time however it may be and I think that mm-hmm. it is important to find more collaborations, especially because, like, if you're in my position, reaching out could unlock the opportunity to find somebody to be like, nah, you're dope, I'm going to show you what's up. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of potential out there. And I like how you keep focusing on, like, collaborations. Like, you really feel this is the move to elevate things in the world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's It's just... Uh, it's just the the meeting the meet meeting of different minds you know just different circle of of thoughts to just have those meet together um only really like because we have the same interests we have the same uh interest in the same type of arts which is like maybe like hip-hop anything in the hip-hop realm you know rapping uh, djing producing beat making whatever because because we we want to feel we want to relate with somebody we we want to see ourselves <laughs> we want to be see a bit of ourselves in other people's eyes and we want to have that conversation we want to be able to speak that language and be understood that's why we do it in the first place and so to be able to take the time and expose our ideas or expose our thoughts and share them with other people who been doing the same thing essentially is i think that's that's where it all starts you know that's how that's how you can make things happen really also so, hubs yeah you brought up hubs yeah yeah definitely times. the hubs that's oh, I yeah, think another thing there's not like a map of hubs i mean i no, know i know people no. know about hubs i barely know about hubs bro I'm, like, trying to make a mm-hmm. hub. I'm, like, fuck that. I can't find a hub. I'm going to make a hub. I don't know how many people yeah. take that approach. I think more people in their 30s should take that approach. You're in your 30s. Make You're a right. fucking hub. You have a job. Do the thing. It's way less money than you think. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, and, again, I've never been, like, the coolest kid. So I'm not even trying to, like, say that I've at Bro, partying was not my forte. I didn't do all of that shit. And I'm, like, learning how to party now so I can, like, blend into mm-hmm. the party better <laughs> <laughs> that's good but blending like, is good <laughs> well i say like party is a time you don't necessarily always want to stand out there's a time and a place sometimes you just gotta exactly. be chill you just gotta be like there exactly the vibe exactly like enough times like i just want to dance i just want to chill and people are like whoa cool moves man and they're like go 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 i'm like no bro this is i'm just having a chill moment right now whatever but yeah you're right you're right so um we're segueing into something just now kind of lost the train of thought but you were going into yeah the hubs so 
for the hubs, um, it doesn't necessarily just like it, it could be a place, like it could be a venue, it could be a bar, yeah. But the thing about um, bars is like it's not, it's not, it's more, it's different. Like let's see, me the hub for street dancing was the dance school, like the dance center, and though people were there to take classes, some people just they they come in, they take the class, and they leave, and some other people come in, they chill, they practice during the open session hours, and then they chill for another two three hours with other people who are there waiting for classes and other friends and stuff like that, you know. So that's a hub. That's a place where, like, if you could go somewhere and do something, but besides doing that thing, you can go there and um, meet other people who are doing, who are into doing that same thing. It's just like, how do you do that as bar. an adult? I mean, outside of a yeah. bar, like, this shit doesn't exist, really. Ah, that's so a big puzzle. I think, yeah, wow. I think, I think it's, it's, it's maybe making groups you know <laughs> making groups online and stuff like that if it's about like I have a friend who made a group and it's mostly about like what you're doing right now type of thing you know so they would share like sometimes they would, people would ask like questions for recipes and stuff like that or some talk about any type of other subject but it's all friends of friends in a small small group type of thing which is interesting um and it works sometimes it doesn't Sometimes it does work. And from then on, then you can find IRL hubs also. If you're connected with the people online, there's other ways of connecting with, with like the areas, you know, mm. from then. Um, yeah. The, the bars as hub, maybe for the styles, styles of nights, styles of music can bring a certain style of people yeah to a certain extent that's why i'm kind of like eh, because you can meet all sorts of people in a bar you know may if you're going to let's say i don't know you're you're passionate about video games and you go to this bar that has like a, it's like a barcade but it has like a special thing because you can do this or that with it. That's a, probably a place where you can meet somebody who knows as much or who's into the same type of similar shit as, as you are, you know? So, je ne sais pas, il y a des nuances là-dedans. It's not, it's not just because there's people that it's automatically a hub, you know? No, nah, hub has to have like a mission or a collective mindset of people yeah. trying to achieve it. And it's- Exactly. It's, like back in the day how certain studios may have turned into hubs or lofts or things where people would congregate and activities would take place and whatnot <clears throat> like with logics mm -hmm. and the royal peasants in them like that would be a hub <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so like if it was a a spot that's like an open space to be creative or like i don't know something like that and people could just come in and chill and and like have a coffee or have a an appetizer or something but then be able to like roll through it a, a studio here or there or you know or listen be able to listen to the sessions you know 
while people are working. I, I don't know. That's different ideas. It could be interesting. No, these are super interesting ideas. ideas. I could see how to pull off a lot of that shit in VR, but that would make a lot of people have to want to cooperate with the meta, which I'm starting to see in the hip-hop world. It's going to be a slow rise to adopting the meta. But, oh, my God, if you just jumped into alt space VR, you could just pull that off in, like, 10 minutes and motherfuckers were down to cooperate. Oh, straight up, huh? You can just... Alt VR, you say? Alt, well, I have the Oculus, right? So, alt space VR, I'm sure there's better apps by now, but it's kind of like what the metaverse could be. It's, like, spaces. And, like, um, there's some rapper in new york whose name i can't remember that he started this hip-hop vr shit all i know is he was throwing some event i went to this space grandmaster kaz was there so i fist bumped that dude um and like they were like <laughs> streaming the twitch feed into the room i'm not gonna lie i loafed on this because i was like whatever i don't want to do it by myself but like uh-huh. We were streaming the Twitch feed to the room, right? So in theory, if you can do that, that means you can just literally have any session, any video, any anything streaming to the VR space. Nobody has to mm-hmm. leave their house because that's the problem. Is like you turn thirty Shit. and man, leaving your house mm-hmm. don't feel the same after thirty. Like I don't. I mean, yeah, there's some people right. that like it, but not parents. And parents is most of the people I know right now. And I'm not I'm not a parent. So True. I'm watching like one by one the friend group get knocked off by the kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. But like that's one idea that I've had with it. But what you're saying though is super inspiring. I know Olivier Bureau wants to do the hip hop cafe, which in theory would be like a physical manifestation of one location. But man, just to have like a spot, like an open studio of sorts with the intent of like being there for that purpose is wild to me. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to do that. Now. I mean, I logistically could plan yeah. it in my head, but like, you know, like it I- still requires the right people to want to be involved and to bridge some gaps and some shit. Don't worry. You're inspiring the shit. Out yeah. of me this. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, um, you know, it's uh, to make it available for different age brackets also because i know there's different programs like for say let's say there's the nbs studios which is based in Codenesh, and they offer uh, a space uh for kids between a certain age but i think it's until 17 or 18 to to they have access to a studio they can just basically make beats record their songs and stuff like that um i like that you said that a lot for free yeah nbs yeah and um there's a few cats who come come from that so um who are now just like out there producing for (laughs) skyfall and all of them so that's that's pretty cool um uh yeah so shout out to jainitai lotus who uh, is a coordinator there one of the people who core people who've been working there for so long nbs nbs studio i've heard a lot of good things about him yeah yeah he's a great great cat homie from way back it was a backpack beats good to have you here um um i wanted to ask you a question you said that you you got uh, the vr there's so many different like so where where is vr at now in terms of the gear so what happened is is a couple of things. I copped the, the Rift S because for me it was mad important to connect to the computer. And when I copped that, the Quest 2 hadn't dropped yet. So the Quest mm-hmm. 2 is dope. And it looks like the Quest 2 is like worth the price, but I already spent six bills on that motherfucker. So 
Then mm. I, what happened was I was super enthused with it. And then I had some issue with my remotes and Oculus made me ship that shit back. And it took like three months. Now in three months, what? you change your habits, you know, you lose, you know, then I got it back. It's, it's going to sound mm. corny, but I felt like I'm the kid at the party by himself in a corner trying to start a trend and everybody looking at you like you're goofy with VR. Like, I, <laughs> and so like, I saw the potential of it, but like to try to convince people that it was cool or easy was one thing. Like I, I couldn't really win that slowly. Yeah. It's moved along. Facebook about mm -hmm. to make my life a lot easier to be honest. Um, but like, it's really about spaces. It's like creating these, yeah. these hubs you're almost describing. Uh, yeah. the technology is logistically capable of doing a lot, but it's all corny. So it's like, fucking like the avatar you see in facebook is better like when you see the mark zuckerberg you don't look that good in a lot of the shit i've seen it's getting uh, there you, you're gonna look yeah but what i'm picturing is like two three years from now when i'm selling two dollar fucking shirts that are not shirts they don't cost me shit all to produce they just fucking they just mm, logos that dlc you know what i'm saying the micro <laughs> is like i work for a software company and the fact is in my mm -hmm. like humble opinion the retail economy is fucking pointless to invest in because it's the as a mm. service experience economy like you get your ducks in mm -hmm. a row you're gonna make a lot more on patreon than you actually will even by give away your shirts through patreon and you'll make more than selling the shirt is the facts of mm. the future of this shit, right then if you can go to a concert experience like Honestly, if y'all hooked up in a label, y'all should be looking into the, the VR concert experience one time because you could probably yeah. just do some shit where, like, on no money, in your fucking one, like, you got the space somewhere, I'm sure. You set up a VR room. All you need to do is talk to a dude who fucking <clears throat> understands the basic programming. You're going to need a coder who understands the Unity engine so your shit looks fire. But then you get mm -hmm. it all decked out. You have, like, walls that are just your socials, like... You get your little mm. avatar dudes to come spit. They're just sitting there. And then you film that motherfucker because it looks stupid. And you yeah. got the YouTube yeah. shit after. You cut it. And, like, to me, that's the future because you can charge, like, fucking nothing for that show. Or you can charge five bucks. And I know for a fact motherfuckers will burn five dollars on delivery fees. Mm. So, mm. so it's like, to me, this is the clear that's future. True. Hell, on Twitch, you could gate concerts right now they have to subscribe yeah, to yeah. like that's how fucking uh king of the dot does it or they they do the event live so you can watch the event live it's kind of like a bait but if you want to watch the back catalog you have to subscribe uh -huh. to their channel and pay and it's the only way to watch wow. it after the fact so like to me this is the clear future for the same reason that everybody else is investing in this tech but like it doesn't help that artists just want to party a little bit and this is mm -hmm. not a party it's so really not as lit as being like I watched that Mike Shab performance, his little Bam Bam video on Instagram, and I'm like, I want to be in that room so fucking bad. It looks so cool. VR is not that yet. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be that. It's just I think there's way more money there in the next mm. two years, and I don't think there's yeah. a lot of money in live shows given the way Montreal's live economy has gone for the last decade, at least for right. end rappers like. Look, there's like mm -hmm. two, three thousand. There's maybe two thousand English rappers alone in the city. Let, and then there's the whole French scene, which has got a lot more if there's that many English ones, right? So, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think VR does more for a lot of people. And 
Instagram isn't it because it's Facebook and fuck that copyright laws. Twitch is kind of medium. It's it for now until they come at you for copyright. The the VR universe yeah. creates private spaces, which is more like Discord. And if you can get a Discord popping, you could charge money to get on your Discord. Like, but, but like people ain't looking yeah. at the shit like that. And it's that's real. It's been one hell of a grind trying to explain to people how technology is not doper than real life, but it's more profitable. But it requires like 50 people on the same train kind of pushing the same vision or you're just kind of the dude by yourself on Twitch trying to push that shit. Mm. Right, right. So you you would uh, so you said you almost got the the quest two, but then you got the riff. Well, at the time, the quest two wasn't out yet. So Mm. the rift was out and the quest one was shit for like, you couldn't record footage. So I wanted to make videos. So I made a bunch of VR Mm. videos about the tech pack then early 2020. And, uh, Uh yo, I got this boxing game, dude. And I fucking swear I got into shape half because of that shit. Cause it forced me to squat and it forced me to fucking shadow box. I'm telling you that game taught me rhythm because I was shadow boxing to the beat. And, um, Then uh, the games is kind of dope, though, but you got to be in shape to play them. So now you're incentivized <laughs> to get into shape. Bro, you can't be fucking swinging your arm for, like, 15 minutes. Just, you know, like, even holding yeah. the, the gun up to shoot, you know, you still literally have to hold your arm up now and hold it steady so that you can fucking fire. Um, but the wow. social apps are going to get litty. I don't know exactly where it's at, but within the next year, you're going to have shit where... Even if it's not in the city, the dudes in Iowa and the fucking middle of nowhere places or like the homegirl Golden Jenny who was staying with her grandma on COVID in fucking Norway and shit. And she was on Twitch connecting mm-hmm. with Canadians. And it's like that internet crowd that's more reminiscent of your SoundClick community. They mm. would eat up Montreal culture because to them it's Montreal. Yo, I met a flight attendant flying back from New York City. Dude, I've never seen mm-hmm. somebody geek on Montreal like that. Like, she was just so enthusiastic to be here, and it was such a mystical place to her. And I'm like, bro, that's how I felt about New York. Okay, we Liddy. We not New York Liddy, but we up there. And we got to, mm-hmm. like, you know, we could present that. Anyway, this is just for my brain. Yeah. I get fucking excited on this topic because I can go on for an hour on it just a lot. Anyway. But yeah. You're right. I think that we're also so, a tech city full of coders that would eat this shit up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I know you had a time limit, I think- though. I don't know if I'm like killing your time limit. I want to be respectful of that shit. Uh, I mean, I mean, if if you have any other questions, <laughs> I mean, I'm good. We can keep going for for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Uh, I'm like looking at. I'm looking through the uh, the the VR, uh, <laughs> the the accessories and stuff. I'm like, huh? Because huh. I just recently uh, boosted my computer. So now I could actually get the support quest. some. Get the quest too. Oh yeah. Yo, the quest too is mo- mo- room mapping, and all the new oh, shit yeah? goes. Yo, the Rift S was. It ended up being a mistake because like all the cool shit goes into the quest two now, and the quest two is wireless. And trust the wire is kind of shitty, and um, uh, yo, like uh, it's gonna like. I don't know exactly when it's going to hit, but it's going to hit within the next year or two where like when the Quest 3 drops and the Quest 2 becomes hella affordable, it's still going to be relevant. And honestly, it's going to be like, oh, 
two years tops, man. Because, like, people gonna realize they don't like bars as much as they did and shit. And then VR will become, uh. like, kind of doped. Not everyone, but to a whole sect of people that are highly ignored right now. And so, like, mm. with that, the video mm. games are gonna get good. Like, they already made good video games, let alone get good. Like, yeah. There's the Half Life game that I wanna cop at some point. I just did it because I'm never gonna play it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not getting the Quest 2 now. He's looking at the prices of this shit. I don't wanna buy that right now. It's too expensive for me. I will get that, though, at some point, because then we'll have two VRs in the room, and then Bonnie can use one, and I can use the other, and that'll be fucking fire. And then. Amazing. Yo, there's. It's just goofy shit, man. Like, I remember playing VR chat and they had, like, the fucking werewolf, the Lugaru game. You know that Lugaru card game that you would play? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's murder mystery to you English folk, but I only ever played that in French class because we had to do it like that. Wow. And they have that in, like, you have fucking goofy shoot around stuff. So, like, honestly, it's kind of it's kind of a wild, like, when, when I hear the metaverse, I pictured that because, like, they had Second Life back in the day. And that was like okay. the same shit, but not in VR, right? And then mm-hmm. it had it was like a billion dollar fucking industry of lonely people, just creating these virtual avatars. Yo, shout out Easy LD. Hey, um, he's supposed to be here next mm-hmm. week on Monday, I believe. Um, but so like, yeah, all these people would be like congregating and just chatting and then as voice chat gets implemented whatever like i I went to like a fucking club in vr dude it was like you could be spinning in vr wow i forgot about that part this dude was just spinning and i'm like sitting there with my little because that's like really what it looks like is your fucking avatar is just bopping but it it can track your hands so yeah and it's fucking stupid but yo i remember being in the club in the middle of this space with this 80 people and you try to talk to a girl, it's too loud. And I'm like, this is fucking like stupid. But at the same time, if you like marijuana more than alcohol, it's a vibe. Yo, true point. True point. <clears throat> I'm more of that. Gonna check that out. Quest 2. Quest 2. Yeah, I would go with that. Facebook owns that shit. And clearly Facebook's going to make the big boy plays right now. <laughs> What'd you say? Facebook owns Oculus, and Facebook's going to make okay. all the big boy plays. Sorry, Meta is going to make oh, okay. all the so fucking so big so boy so plays. So, so VR is absolutely going to slap through. But, yo, if you're, yo, shit, for you, it'd be fucking easy right now. You cop that shit, you get somebody to design you a room, and you just set up a VR room, and instead of doing, like, a Twitch, you just set up your fucking room, and you, tw- you stream it to, like, avatars, and they can throw emojis up. Yo, that would be sick. I'm definitely gonna look into that because I I like the idea of having a immersive experience, you know. So I'm really into that. Hence why I have all this like <laughs> visuals going on in in a Zoom uh, webcam and stuff because I just want to get people to dive into the 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 world of Shash, you know. So definitely we'll be looking into that. And I have friends who 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 are like really skillful uh, 3D modeling artists and stuff like that. Like I dabbled, but they really been doing that for a long time. So it's really reachable. And um yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, no, like for real, like 
it's like the skill set requirement for like me to go design my own shit in VR. I looked at it. I downloaded Unity one time. I said, I'm getting the fuck mm -hmm. out of this shit. It's not my cup of tea to do that part of it. But I looked at the rest of it and it's like, I think it would. And you know what's crazy about the Allspace VR app is you don't mm -hmm. actually need VR to participate. You just kind of need VR oh, yeah. to do the VR part. They have a desktop client that would let just anybody get into it. I couldn't figure out how to rap on beat, which is why I ended up on Twitch actually, because I fucking spent three months failing to solve that problem. And then mm -hmm. Twitch was like me settling a little bit, but yeah, in theory, mm. I don't know how to rap on beat yet, except to broadcast it via Twitch. But otherwise, like if there's a way to get the avatars to do it, I could look into the tech more, blah, blah, blah. But in theory, yeah, like throwing all the concerts and shit is super attainable. I just, you know, lost the passion for it for a minute, but now I'm, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about it more and more because I think there's cash in that shit, <laughs> or at least like, because yeah. it's like, I remember seeing a stat like a year ago where the number of like viewers to creators in the sphere was like 36,000 to one, whereas like every other sphere, it's like a hundred to one. Yeah. So like, I don't know, those kinds of numbers excited the shit out of me feel like you would right. appreciate these numbers <laughs> i'm like literally downloading all space <laughs> i'm getting it now i'm just looking at uh, just to get an idea but yeah i'll definitely look into um like vr space and Un unity see how, not not like you know, the apps basically have a dev kit thing that you would link into the app and then whoever's coding or whatever would just create the assets and you import the assets and bloop bloop it's all kind of like that so it's pretty like simple mm -hmm. if it's just the back end shit but yo it's gonna get to mm -hmm. a point where like a travis scott figure will have shit coded to like a word words will be triggers you know, mm -hmm. or even right now, you'd probably be able to go like instead of a doo -doo 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 -doo, and then like it'd trigger off to like fucking flames or whatever popping off behind you. Like that shit's gonna happen in a year because like I can picture how to code it. That means somebody's doing it. I just don't know mm -hmm. how to do it. Exactly. There's like, oh man, special to so special, special. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dope, man. I'm glad you're excited about that. Most people don't actually care that much about it, so it, it excites me that you care Yo, that much. It's it's still like one of those, like you say, it's like one of those sides of visual and sonic experience that hasn't fully been like expo exploited yet, you know. And um, the tech is there. I was thinking like I was hoping like let's say um the day that we'll be able to do like dance battles in VR but in a sense where Oh, you could do that shit no problem. You just need to buy those suits. They're they're yeah. they're 1500 each. And in theory, yeah, yeah. You get yeah. that and it renders you directly to a unity or whatever which then sends you into the signal and you could realistically pull that it's it's not cheap, but it's doable. No, exactly. It's doable. It's not cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like exactly yeah i looked into i looked into all of this shit i was like how am i gonna because in my head i can picture this combination of the rapper is in the room and you're using the ar technology they're developing to show the avatars that are in the space right mm -hmm. and then the people in the mm -hmm. space see you photorealistically so you're captured because you can do that even there's photorealism ways to capture a person and then render them i don't know how 
Again, I don't know how yeah. good the tech is that uh-huh. we can afford. I know Hollywood can afford this shit. Like, we're talking, like, it's pretty out there. But, like, with that, like, we get to a point where these two things get meshed, and then you're basically running a studio that throws events, but there's nobody in the fucking room. Yeah. It's just dude in, like, a 10 by 10 room rapping at avatars and shit, but it feels like a holodeck immersive experience. Right? Anything that'll get me closer to the holodeck in Star Trek. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna, you know, like a Black Friday or something. <laughs> so, what are some of the next big things you have coming up for you? So, um, big things. Well, the projects I'm working on right now is uh, a lot of uh, composition and sound designing for uh, dance pieces, dance like theater type of pieces. And um, so I had just finished one project uh, with uh, Spicy Lande, Alexandra Lande. She's a choreographer and for, uh, from Montreal, and she's been in the game for so long. And um, it's a piece called uh, Le Probabilité du Néant. And uh, I had composed all the music completely for it. It's like a 70-minute piece. And... Um, they're gonna do a tour of it also soon in different uh, venues in different areas in in, uh, in Canada, and um, so it's those type of projects. Those projects they last like like uh, this one was like a year. I'm working on another one with uh, B Boyism, which is another company ran by B Boy called C Smooth who was uh, part of the original, uh, one of the original crews of Montreal, Flow Rock. And um, yeah, so I'm working with him on this project and this project has been on for like the last two years. And right now we're like finalizing certain things. Um, There's gonna be like mapping, visual mapping also. So it's really interesting to work with different different, uh, teams to, to, to create this idea and the individual. So these are the type of things I've been working on during, during the pandemic very much. I'm also uh, helping loop sessions, uh, shoot for the masterclass. Uh, so tomorrow, actually after I'm done my residency at, uh, at Place des Arts, um, we are shooting for Ken Lowe's masterclass, um, tomorrow at us gang. So that should be interesting. Um, yeah, so th- basically for that is um, they had this, they wanted me to help them out on the technical aspect because I'm used to using OBS and right. stuff like that. So it's it's uh, Mark Magnanimous, Mark Ings, or Mario, and myself. And, um, but we ended up like, I have, I have like two good cameras here and we ended up using my cameras to offer different angles. So it, it makes the whole thing work better <laughs> in a way and um yeah so like i we're we're shooting 12 episodes we've done we're i think we're at half now and um we're heading to half and uh yeah that's a cool project too um in collaboration with the the conse- yeah the conseil des arts uh us gang and Arbit montreal loop sessions collab- collaboration type thing so getting paid for that that's cool <laughs> and um what else 
I, I, I know. I, I just said that in uh, as a joke, but like, I usually do get paid. Like, it's, it's a, yeah, you know, I do get paid from my, <laughs> from my work, but I made it sound as if I wasn't. But no, I do. Um, He's like, I do very well. Yeah, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I haven't spun in a club for the last two years, and it hasn't really phased. But I do miss making events. So um, it's something that I do want to, I want to be able to do that in the future, have something that's built and created that people can trust so that each time I do the event, people can, you know, they can trust in, in it and it only happens once in a while. So they're going to want to go to the event, you know, like, like a moonshine or like a, like a yaya party or whatnot. That's dope. I'd yeah. go to a shashu party. You could always do the <laughs> secret location shit everyone's doing right now, where you don't reveal it till the day of, and then yeah. just run the party and hope the cops don't shut it down. <laughs> Bro. Because when they come and shut it down, it's not it's not fun. But at least it, what's important is to have the paperwork proper, and which is doable. Like, I have friends who, who've done the whole thing, so... Uh, maybe through collaboration with them or just like having help from them to to create like make sure that everything is covered so that there's no problem like i've done jam jams and parks but after that so yeah there's there weren't any a lot of options uh, during covid but now after the 15th of november i know now people can dance so that should be interesting yeah, I haven't looked into the regulations. I saw that that got passed, but I was like pretty out of touch with reality last week, so I don't really know what yeah. the rules are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's what's happening right now. Um, we have a big show. Uh, Joy Ride Records is having a party on the nineteenth of uh, November. And um, all the funds are going to go to a organization uh, based in Saint-Michel to help out uh, the, the, the neighborhoods and the services there. So that should be really fun. It's like a whole joyride rally, like, like as if it was a fool's gold day off. So it's just I'll be there as a DJ, but we'll have like a list of like a whole roster of, of artists who come through and just perform their tracks. And it's like a one hour and forty, like like a one hour thirty or forty one forty five minute uh, show. Uh, one forty five hour, like you get it, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, and that's gonna happen on the nineteenth. And um, I've been working on my album. I'm just waiting on the on the proper time to like release it. I have one one or two songs that I still need to adjustments and work on. Um, and on the writing aspect of it, and um, but besides that, like all there's a whole bunch of other tracks I've been testing on the field, and people are enjoying it, so I'm looking forward to that. I know I've been at, talking about my album; it's been like two years I've been talking about it, but you know it'll come out when it'll come out. It's it's I feel like it's proper for me to take my time with this, especially if it's something that um new for me to to like uh do music in the intent of reaching uh like regular or common mass right. with my sound or with my my type of vibe so there's more french collaborations on it and uh, that's the, the the whole intent and um yeah 
I'm just waiting to finish those those two last tracks. And uh, yeah, we'll see what, how that goes. I don't know if it's going to be for 2022, but hopefully, hopefully it'll be for that. So, yeah. Well, you definitely have a lot you're doing, so I can imagine that you want to make sure you do it right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely want to do it right, especially if you want to do something that's timeless. Like, I've, I've, I've already done, well, timeless. It sounds kind of like, that can sound like kind of pompous to say that, you know, make something timeless. But in the sense of, like, you feel like each time you hear it or each time you play it, it feels like the first time. And that's that's very important for me to feel that way. So, yeah. I love that, though. And, I mean, you're in a position where you can't take the time and, Let's be real. When you drop something, everybody going to bump it. And the longer you wait, yeah. the more you build up hype. It's some real Kanye shit. I fucks with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go to Drinks Champ and call, call Just Blaze a copycat. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just, honestly, that's my... I have to watch that. I've heard a lot, but yeah. I haven't had a chance yet. It's on my, like, within I just the next saw two clips. days. <clears throat> I just saw clips, and there was one clip that Timberland had shared. It was like, yeah, 808 is na-na-na. And Kanye was talking about 808 as if about this thing. And then I'm like, you're, yeah, you, I get what you're saying, but you're, like, talking about three things at the same time in that in that one thing. So the comments section is going ham. You know, they're like, inner frequency chakra, 808. 808, bro. Like, bass sounds been existing way before 808, look. Thunderclaps, earthquakes, I don't know. Like <laughs> those 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 things or just waves, regular waves if the ocean sounds this is what like Kanye wanted, man. <laughs> this is what Kanye was going for. Everybody Yeah, he was those. going for that, but he went for eight oh eight. Which is fine, I get it. But people like talking about eight oh eight as if it was it's like this grand spiritual base entity, you know? But it's the term was created because of a TR-808 that Roland made between 1980 and 83. And that that machine was incorporated more into hip-hop production because it was the first machine that lets you program your own drums and not have like drums that are automatic presets, like automatic rhythm presets. So that's, that's why it's stuck. And now today, beat makers and producers when you tell them 808 they think metro booming they think about the bass and, and that's it you know but yeah the original 808 came from that drum machine it's just i find it odd that connie of all people didn't you know it's like then he, he didn't make the nuance and so he just gave it he gave 808 it's sing like he gave 808 a single definition when it's not just one thing you know, it's not just uh, sub bass sounds that you can find in a pack of samples. You know, 808s is not just that. It's 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 something that comes from a drum machine and that people would use to get those sub basses that could rattle in the trunk of a car. But then it, it evolved into a bigger thing and, and, and became part of like hip hop's sonic culture, a cul a sonic uh yeah, yeah, culture. So I get that, and I'm down with that. But to, but to just call it that one thing, I don't know. Just... Not here. <laughs> it's kind of one of those moves where Kanye, I think, he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. 
I think yeah, this is going yeah. to be in the top ten cultural moments of the year, and he's going to that and everything that's happening with Travis Scott right now. Unfortunately, with yeah, it's it's really it's sad, and I I can't believe people are trying to cancel him because he wasn't tacked enough to like Bro, he stopped stop the at the <laughs> like he like like I mean like yo I just imagine that. At every festival and shit, people pass out. Like, like yeah. even if you see yeah. that happening as a performer, that mm -hmm. in and of itself doesn't look like... I mean, how are you going to know these people are dead? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure yeah. he has earplugs in, right? Yeah. what fucking person is a musician with that much noise isn't, like, having earplugs? So he probably can't yeah. actually hear the people, like, screaming at him the way that mm. you can hear it on the camera. And, like... Exactly. Unless somebody literally said it into whatever bullshits in his head that they like talk, because obviously there's somebody talking exactly. to him here and there, then like he probably just actually wasn't told what the fuck was happening. Exactly, and exactly. I mean, like, that too, though. Like practically it's not just speaking, him. him. Because when he noticed that the people he did like stop the show and yeah. be like, nah, when he did, like, so. I mean, I just imagine, like, I performed to, like, what, fucking 300 people and you can't, ha like, tell what the fuck's happening in that crowd? Like, imagine yeah, 50,000 yeah. people. What are you going to see, like, a bunch of fucking mesh of people? Like, I yeah. don't know. I feel like the fault is just not on Travis Scott and Drake. No, and people are trying to put it on that, and it's totally... It's uh, it's uh, it's beside the point. It's not even that. What they should analyze and question is the full human behavior throughout the whole situation. This is an example of how human behavior is in this situation. There's like a bunch of these teens who love Travis Scott, who love these artists, who just recently turned 18 or recently turned 21, couldn't go out during COVID. And now they have an opportunity to like get wild and feel like a, a festival and have a good time with friends or whatever. Yeah. But then like, if you mix all that up with the way the, 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 the whole festival is, is set up and I don't know oh, how the see security was or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's far out. I mean, it's Astroworld is, is, is completely far out, you know? And then I'm down. Like, we've shared stages together and we, I've had a chance to speak a few words with him and he's, he's really like, he's a chill dude, you know? He, I just found it sad that people would automatically want to right away jump and just say, uh, it's his, like, you have one view, one perspective from like this or that video, but like his perspective or his view, still nobody has seen. Nobody has seen like him on stage. Like who the, like, would the, do you really think you would be able to hear the people screaming? Somebody's like not moving on the ground from where he's at, especially with sure the ears, at, like, like you say. And you can even and go the other route. I'm sure at every fucking show he goes to, people try to climb over the barricade and get on stage. All the time, all the time. Like, how does that all look different? Time. Like, when you actually think about it, like, practically, and cut out your, like, full, like, what you're hearing on people's cell phones, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know how Travis Scott could be aware. And he's on top of a fucking thing for half the show. 
Like really, yeah. like all the way. Like I'm yeah. like, and then there's roller coasters. And I'm like, come, like. Yeah, exactly. And so people were like, he kept on going. Well, duh, because like, yo, it's like. Or like the police chief warned him ahead of time. I'm like, yeah, but the police chief in Montreal just shut down, or Laval just shut down the whole festival. Yeah, you know, before the festival actually happened. Shutting down the festival on, on top of like a whole bunch of artists. Like out, out, of the, the, out of the lineup, there's like one artist who peut-être is, 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 is who, which, and which police are focused on, you know, just one artist or two. And then the rest of the roster, the rest of the lineup was just <laughs> regular artists who have no, nothing to do with anything of that sort, you know? So it's really like they, they, you, you want you want people to to not do crimes and not do this, but then once they're not doing it and using music as an avenue to not do it, you're shutting them down. So what are you doing? You just want them to go back and do that again because it's very close. You know, it's we're not gonna move in, and do something that we're not used to doing just to get ends made. We might do that shit that we're used to doing if we want to get ends meet. Like, c'est sûr là. So it's like, for moi c'est juste stupid to constantly want to like block, block, block us, like black, yeah. uh, block black people, block, you know, different communities who are different looking or different in general in terms of their practices or their cultural uh, background or like it's very it's 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 like it's very annoying it gets you see incidents repeating themselves over and over and you're like god damn you guys don't get tired yeah yeah don't y'all still don't see that if you were down with us y'all be be making more money because it's proven you know Right now, you, like it's, I find I I find it quite funny because today, I don't know if you notice, often rappers they'll have like let's say uh, there's like a segment there's a part of like a news, morning news and they have like a segment where they talk about music and often they'll be talking about like hip hop, but of all sorts, it's like if they fi finally woke up and figured like okay mais on va instaurer comme genre une catégorie de mais aujourd'hui on a tel artiste uh, Soldier qui sort une tune de like these like salut bonjour matin type of people who have no fucking clue but they're still taking the time because it's part of their job and they have to do it and they still find ways to talk about cool what's cool or what's nice about that song or that what that artist did or is doing or whatever in their language in their ways of of speaking to regular common mass which is cool it took some fucking fucking time to happen but this is where we're at you know um still having troubles with having music uh, hip-hop music being played on radio but it's you know slowly but surely you know it's uh, it's all these different uh enjeux that really makes the game complicated so yeah yeah so 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 to have fans being all this happening at a show like this is not gonna happen i hope i i really hope it doesn't happen to anybody anywhere but to make a link a drink link with like the artist like that yeah no it makes no sense it doesn't or, make sense like what easy ld saying is a bunch of people that are going on about the devil worship or not oui, oui, i don't know how people get to that shit. 
It's like ça par rapport. It doesn't make sense. Like you can't, you shouldn't be like talking about oh because the bass dark music. There's nothing to the, the aesthetics has nothing to do with like. Um, oh, c'est weirdo. I, I found it really weirdo that the narrative, the common narrative, would just automatically jump jump to that. I find I it mean, really surprising. Like, to be fair, I would say that's the internet version, and I've come to realize. Yeah, yeah. Thing. The internet is not actually the majority. Like it's the it's mm. a minority. Like who you see on Facebook and Twitter. Like when you go back to an office place, man, these people ain't on fucking Facebook. They're out there like skiing and shit. Mm. They're like mm -hmm. doing things with their kids and like running around and like, mm. you know, like the people who be on Facebook wildly, like they're the people that are like not busy. So just like right. it's worth remembering that that's the internet. <clears throat> and that, like <laughs> one of the things is like playing on the internet a lot is like you kind of get into this like, you know, like, but just like I post a lot on Facebook, man. That shit takes time. Like, if I'm like actually busy, I'm gonna go like a day without posting. You know, I'm maybe a little bored if I'm posting like every hour, okay? Like, that's how you know maybe mm -hmm. I'm not like the most focused in a day. Cause like, it's like a job to like really maintain an online presence. But then you got like people who are wildly like not doing it for any reason other than to just be there. And, like, mm -hmm. in a sense, those are, I guess, the marks that other people make money on. But, like, man, that's the loud majority that, like, people then associate into, like, this grander scale. Like, yo, anti-vaxxers looked really loud until 80% of fucking Quebec got vaccinated. And then wh wh where the fuck were they? I'm sorry, but, like, you lost democracy. <laughs> you lost mm -hmm. democracy, okay? Like, that's how the game played. Like, I'm not, this isn't even my opinion. It's just they were real loud on the internet and it made it look like there were millions of people and then when push came to shove they was either they were cowards or they weren't really that many of them and the internet just kind of mm -hmm. distorts like real life a little bit and makes it kind of mm -hmm. like not what it is and like you're right when you get to like situations where like the people who have lives so to speak which is most people Man, they'd be like, like, my boss is not on fucking Facebook. He's too busy doing shit, like whiskey tastings and crap. They like to do that kind of <laughs> shit, you know? like, yeah. Or like the cigar lounge crowd. I don't know if you know those people, but like there's people who just do shit. Or like <laughs> rappers who actually go out to shows and shit. They're kind of too busy to be on Facebook all the time. They need to hire people to film them and shit. Or like you want, you know, somebody to like yeah. document that shit. Yeah, true. That's what I want. I, I want somebody to just follow me and just film everything and <laughs> shoot it. But sir, you're taking a dump in a bath. Just film it. It's worth it. <laughs> you don't even know. I got told I should focus, find that. But I'm sure there's some 21-year-old that would follow around Shashu just because he's Shashu. Yeah. I mean, I I wish. But <laughs> I, I totally be down with that because there's so many shit that I, so much shit that I see. I'm like, fuck. My phone has no more space for nothing. <laughs> like, I, and I'm not gonna like bring a camera around all, with me because I like to be able to be able to move. You know, hey, you're the star, man. You got to be filmed. You put the work in. Now it's time to film you. The the, the documentee. I don't know. <laughs> shit. <That'd> be... <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And I think if you're doing all the shit you're doing and it's worth documenting because we're at this pivotal moment in the Quebec hip-hop history 
where when people talk about when Montreal gonna hit the map in that grandiosely overused statement, it's definitely gonna hit this decade. Like I don't mm. see how it doesn't. It's twenty twenty one and shit's hot. Like it's hot. Like there's thousands of hot artists. It's just mm-hmm. math now. It's like enough people are getting involved. Fact is, there's enough podcasts in both language right now to support shit. Like, there's, like, people who can do English podcast tours, I found out. You know, like, the fact that there's enough of us on the English... Come on, I know the French side's stacked. I know the French shit gets five-figure views on a podcast. I'm like, shut the fuck up. English ain't got that yet. We are not there. But, like, it's bubbling in a way that just inspires the shit out of me. Because, like... Mm-hmm. Our city's got amazing swag. Like, people come here to turn up because our girls be nice. Everything you want's available. I was in New York, and I was like, okay, I get it. Montreal's nice. Montreal's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I'm like, yo. And then you just got all the, like, it's easy to find places to go and go turn up. And we could, like, sell mm-hmm. that shit. So good to people. And we just don't do a lot of that. Like I don't, I don't actually hear people be like, Montreal's lady. <laughs> like you don't hear that shit. Mm-hmm. You don't hear people like, I don't know about the French side, cause trust, I'm not really like bumping a lot of it. But I don't hear that many like Montreal's dope anthems. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it has these moments. Sorry. Yeah, people like let's say I give an example like when I mix in clubs and. Often we get out of towners and they're super ecstatic to be in Montreal. Uh, dancers in general from around the world love the vibe of Montreal. Uh, artists from outside, whenever if they've ever been to Montreal, it's always like they're they're always giving props or or, or whatever, you know. So you, earlier you asked me um, what's the Montreal sound. I think our sound is our sound is 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 what it is because we're able to grasp from new york grasp from europe and all these different areas and be in our little hub our little bubble of montreal and turn our own butter you know do our own vibes or do our own things but in a way that relates with the rest of the the rest of the world you know because often the artists what they would want to do often what we want to do is like we create our shape but then we want to share with the rest of the world outside of our city you know but because we're neighbors with key cities like we're neighbors to new york which is a key city we're neighbors to you know to quebec to toronto in a way though even though like we don't necessarily connect connect like that but we're still This in New York on a book, no, we have a lot honestly, of influences. It, like the difference out. between Montreal to New York and Montreal to like fucking Toronto is 30 minute drive. So like they're practically the same distance. <laughs> yeah. In terms of like difference, yeah. yeah. So it's like I know we're yeah. less connected culturally. I feel like we're a lot more connected to New York over here. Like you can feel yeah. it all over. But um I like the fact that you brought the Europe too, because there is that like Euro dance element to everything we do. Like people here like EDM, like in ways that EDM is not banging yeah. in other hip hop cultures. Yeah, um, I mean, I said Europe, Europe as in like European, not Euro dance, but, but yeah, 
European rap. I was still talking about hip hop. Not fair. I just. But you were, okay, it. so you were segueing into different styles, yeah. Well, I mean, um, it just popped into my head when you said Euro because maybe it just what happened and it just popped in. But like, I was thinking yeah. about that because like, I don't know if it's hot everywhere, but yeah, European hip hop is accessible here because people here be speaking different languages. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and there's a lot of like people <laughs> coming to Montreal for either school or work, and they come from France, so yeah, that that happens a lot. Um, also, the mix of cultures, the mix of different type of uh, people, really makes the 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 sound palette completely change. You know, so it's interesting. You could be in a in a in a vibe listening to to like like Lunis and Hudson Mohawk and you step out and there's a whip outside parked and it's playing like Enema and, and White Bee extra loud, you know? <laughs> it's completely different. It's like street rap from, from like avant-garde electronic trap music to like <laughs> street rap out, out like, from, you know, in the same, on the same block, you know? That's totally possible in Montreal. So... Yeah, I think that's and they're accessible, you know. Like you can go in and you don't feel like alienated, you know. You don't feel like an outcast or anything like that. So, which is cool. Yeah, it's a dope vibe. Yeah, I appreciate you, Shashu. Like I, I really love your energy. I think you know so much about this city. Like you just know so much about the culture. It's like it's such a pleasure to like talk to you about it. You know, just to see Thanks. your your like perspective on it all because that's like half the reason I do this is just to like learn about it. Google is trash if you want to find out <laughs> right now. Like it's really like yeah. Google Montreal rap is not good results. You know, like mm-hmm. TikTok don't help. Yo, what up, Rico? Blocks <laughs> popping on through it. Um, yeah, but like, yeah. nah. So I appreciate you coming through, and I'm like, you're just you're up to so much cool shit it's it's really like inspiring especially because you're older than me so i'm like say what keep the hustle on yo she'll be popping off later on even rico man yeah. looking all fucking stylish on fucking instagram with his all like gray shit posing like a model these days like <laughs> you know it's just stuff to look forward to one day um but yeah no i don't know what else to say man i could keep talking forever but like i don't want to like hold you up i feel like you gave us like he's like an hour and we're like past two hours now so i'm like <laughs> that's fucking fire um yeah but i appreciate you coming through all of y'all need to like make sure to follow him i'm gonna do the thing and hopefully it works it did y'all go follow <laughs> him and fucking you know stay in touch go to the show on the 19th if you're able to all that good stuff do you have anything like you want to say to the fine people before we all part ways and whatnot um well i mean just yeah stay stay safe out there and uh, if ever you see something weird don't be shy to to mention it or highlight it and be kind to your neighbor and uh yeah that's it Yo, I appreciate you, man. That's such a nice, such a pleasant way to end that. Um, thank you all for like watching this too. It's cool to see how like the number kept going up as the interview went longer. Like it didn't actually go down. We've actually peaked now at this point. So it's fucking fire. Yeah. 
to end on such a strong note so thank y'all for coming through chatting you know <laughs> making it look like the chat box matters um thank y'all in the future who are watching this too you matter too make sure to comment like subscribe follow all that crap wherever you're at appreciate everybody involved in this thank you again shashu for doing this it's super yes. awesome honestly and live long and prosper everyone i'm gonna start the yes. raid Thank you.